2: The kickoff for the 2024 presidential election is, of course, the Iowa caucus, Republicans going out to their caucus meetings in very cold weather, the coldest they've ever had. And here to break it down with me, what happens next? Our KCBS reporter, Chris Carlo joining me, KCBS political reporter, Doug Sovereign. And Chris, this thing kind of went pretty much how we expected. I don't think it changes the race in a huge way. And we can talk about that a lot. But the the headline here really is an overwhelming victory for Donald Trump. I mean, the biggest margin of victory anyone's ever had in these caucuses. But again, we expected that, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. And you got to go back to 1988 to see the last really big double digit victory. That was Bob Dole, by the way, 12.8% of the uh, of the vote there. And you mentioned the cold weather. I think that it, it bears at least mentioning because that probably swayed the second place showing. And we can get a little bit into that because I, I think it will have some bearing as we head toward New Hampshire and uh, Nevada and South Carolina and some of these early states.
2: Yeah, I think when you have a below zero wind chill, this this cold uh, winter weather gripping much of the nation, that's going to drop turnout a little bit, right? As far as people getting out to, well, well, they're not the polls, but at least going to caucus locations to vote. And maybe that's why Nikki Haley finished a little bit behind Ron DeSantis. She finished third. I mean, as of this recording, Donald Trump is at 51%. They've counted almost all the votes. DeSantis, t- about two points ahead of Haley. But a distant, I mean, he's 30 points behind Donald Trump. It's not like a victory to finish 30 points back in yeah. second, and then Haley two points behind DeSantis. And as we know, these caucuses in particular are really all about expectations. And you can finish mm-hmm. third and quote-unquote win, and you can finish first, and your career, you know your career is ended. So in this case, Trump did what he was expected to do, and he's clearly— the overwhelming frontrunner for the nomination. DeSantis got the second place he needed. Haley is close enough in third that now they go on to New Hampshire where she's got a big edge over DeSantis. So I do think DeSantis kind of saved his campaign by at least finishing second, even if he was 30 points behind
0: Trump. And you saw that as well with senior staffers for Ron Desantis's campaign coming out and telling reporters, you know, the anonymous quote, they threw everything at Ron DeSantis. They couldn't kill him. He is not only still standing, but he's now earned his ticket out of Iowa. This is going to be a long battle ahead. I think You hear there that uh, they're not ready to so-called kiss the ring just yet, uh, although we did see one candidate drop out tonight in uh, Vivek Ram- Ramaswamy. He's uh, now calling it quits and endorsing Trump, further consolidating this race.
2: Yeah, and of course, he has always positioned himself as sort of a younger version of Trump until a couple of days ago when Trump sort of turned on him and started savaging him. And now, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy finishing a distant fourth. And so he's ended his campaign, but, you know, he never really had much of a chance anyway. And now he will consolidate more for Trump. And as you say, DeSantis, I mean, yeah, he punches his ticket out of Iowa. And, you know, the conventional wisdom generally is there's three tickets out of iowa that's the case here of course this is really a three-way race now anyway and really it's not it's a one-way race it's a trump race yeah. but there's a race between desantis and haley to be the runner-up and, and the potentially viable alternative should something happen to trump whether the supreme court rules that he's not eligible or whether the you know the convictions pile up or for whatever reason someone's got to be in that position to, to say well it's my turn now instead that race goes on between desantis and haley but again desantis i mean by the skin of his teeth i mean he does get his ticket punched out of iowa he can go on to new hampshire but he put everything into Iowa and yep. if he hadn't at least finished this this well he'd be done so this just sort of keeps him alive he goes on to new hampshire and south carolina where haley is well ahead of him and i don't know i mean maybe this you know if he if he hadn't finished second his money would dry up uh, his momentum would be gone he didn't have much momentum anyway but i don't know that this is going to give him like a big injection and infusion of money and support that now he makes uh, it more competitive with haley for that second spot in these next couple of states but we'll have to see
0: of course he can go out and fundraise on this and we're going to see those fundraising emails if they haven't already hit the inboxes you talk about new hampshire and right now the average According to Real Clear Politics, Trump with forty-three and a half percent of the vote, uh, Haley twenty-nine percent of likely voters, uh, Christie at eleven point three percent, and DeSantis at six point five. And, and it's important to mention Chris Christie because, of course, he's dropped out of that race. And where do you right. think those voters are going to go? They're more likely going to end up in the Haley camp than the DeSantis camp. You look at what happened tonight, and part of the enthusiasm gap is what we saw. You, you had a lot of voters who were. Incredibly Incredibly enthusiastic to get out and vote for Trump. To incredibly enthusiastic to get out and vote for DeSantis. Uh, mildly enthusiastic to get out and vote for Haley. And many of them were independents or maybe a little bit more moderate Republicans. And bears to maybe imagine that that sort of phenomenon will play out in Haley's favor as you move towards New Hampshire with those Christie voters, which yeah, they're probably not going to go for Trump. I mean, Chris Christie voters are not going to view the Trump campaign as fertile ground, given the candidate that they followed who was incredibly critical of the Trump campaign and of Donald Trump.
2: Yeah. And in Iowa, remember, Iowa's a very conservative, as far as the Republicans in Iowa, very conservative, a lot of evangelical Christians. It's not a good place for Nikki Haley. It is a good place for Rhonda Sanders. It's why he put so much into that state. And obviously it's Trump country. So for Haley to do as well as she did is, you know, she's got to feel pretty good about it. I mean, obviously she wanted to finish second, but this was good enough. If she had been a very distant third, it would have dulled her momentum. Uh, I think she can come out of this and say, look, it, you know, it was always tough sledding for me there, almost literally given the weather. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in New Hampshire is much more her, her kind of place. I mean, you've got all, You've got a more libertarian streak to the Republicans there. They're much more moderate. They're independent. A lot of New Hampshire voters pride themselves on that. And again, as you say, Chris Christie was doing pretty well there and ended his campaign. And you have to think she gets the lion's share of those. And so potentially, if she, you know, ends up losing by single digits to Trump in New Hampshire, and I don't think, you know, she's still thinking she can pull off a surprise and win there. I don't think that's going to happen. But if she's, you know, if it's 50 to 40 or, you know, 49 to 41 or or something like that, um, she's got a, a lot of momentum going into her home state of South Carolina. Carolina, where again, she's losing to Donald Trump badly. badly yep. uh, I, and I think realistically, I mean, Nikki Haley is not going to take this nomination away from Donald Trump. This is very clearly Donald Trump's Republican party, overwhelmingly. So you look at the exit polling and the entrance polling, I mean, his supporters, They not only do they not care about all of his indictments and, and, and criminal charges, but, many of them are voting for him because of that. I mean, they like him more because of all of that, and they really just don't care. I mean, he could do do or say anything, and they love him all the more. I mean, they're much more passionate, as you mentioned, the enthusiasm gap. Um, his supporters are so much more passionate than anyone else's, and they're going to stick with him. But everything that's helping him here in Iowa and helping him win this, this nomination is not necessarily going to help him in November, and that's where, you know, the, the rubber will meet the road eventually.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some of these exit polls and issues that will not help in November. One of them, uh, banning abortion, and a CBS News entrance poll looking at these caucus goers says that 59% of, uh, of these caucus goers say that they were in favor of banning abortion, 36% opposing. And of those, who favor banning abortion nationwide, Trump with 53% of that share. So, you know, DeSantis coming next, 27, and Haley, as you would imagine, at 11%. Uh, That is not going to play the same way as you head toward a general election. We're also going to see more lensing of the general election as we focus on who these candidates will be down the stretch and we get a better understanding of exactly what's going to happen with all of the legal concerns and the constitutional concerns. By the way, I I think it's interesting that, you know,
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: We've got Super Tuesday coming up on March 5th. The federal trial starts on March 4th, which Mm -hmm. means 75 percent, close to 75 percent of Republican voters in the primary will have made their choice without knowing how that trial will turn out.
2: It's quite true. And, you know, the abortion ban that you mentioned, that sentiment among these caucus goers in Iowa is pretty much the. Inverse of what the rest of the country thinks or what the overall country thinks. I mean, most Americans do not want a federal ban on abortion and they support keeping it legal by roughly that same percentage, maybe even a little higher. Uh, And so that is not an issue, obviously, that plays well for Trump in November. But beyond that, the very thing that attracts a lot of these voters to Trump in a place like Iowa is likely or possibly going to repel a lot of the moderates and independents that he needs. To beat Joe Biden, and that's why this race remains a toss-up in November. As unpopular as Biden is, Biden hasn't really been out there making the case yet. I mean, he's exactly been getting right. piled on by all these Republicans. He's barely campaigned at all. He hasn't run much of a campaign. He hasn't run any ads. He's not out there telling people what all the things he's done. And most voters think he hasn't done much at all. Uh, and when he gets out there and makes the case and tries to turn this again into a referendum on Donald Trump, as it was in 2020, instead of a referendum on Biden's own record, which is as an incumbent you would expect it to be, uh, I think that you know he still has a very good chance of beating Trump in November, despite what some of the polls show, because a lot lot of those voters in the middle are going to be turned off by Trump's two impeachments and four indictments and 91 criminal charges or whatever it is, and potentially by then some convictions.
0: And as we talk about you know, what all of this means, we have to, and I think we've hit this point several times, understand that Iowa is different, <laughs> and especially with the turnout. Yeah, Again, we're probably going to be about 110,000. The record was 187,000 set back in 2016. So a far cry from that. And as you look back over the last, you know, 24 years of caucusing on the Republican side in Iowa, the only time they predicted the winner was in 2000 with George W. Bush. In 2008, they chose Mike Huckabee. In 2012, Rick Santorum, remember that, Ted Cruz mm-hmm. in 2016, and uh, and then, of course, Donald Trump in 2020.
2: I was just going to say, uh, we, we always sort of overblow what these results mean, because the fact is, Iowa has a terrible track record of picking winners. The person who wins in Iowa... <laughs> not only doesn't often win the nomination, but rarely goes on to be elected president, so as far as the Republican caucus. So, yeah, but in this case, it's a little different because we all knew Donald Trump was going to win it. We all know he's going to be the nominee, barring something unforeseen, Um, slightly foreseen, I suppose, but uh, (laughs) something unlikely. So this is a little different, I mean, this is one year where they are going to pick the nominee and potentially the president. But yeah, in this case, also the turnout a lot lower than it's been, partly because of the weather, partly because it wasn't really that competitive. I mean, there was excitement, I suppose, among the DeSantis and Haley supporters to try to get that second place spot but it's not i mean when, when someone wins by 30 points that is not a hotly contested caucus so yeah the the turnout was lower and in the long run what does it really mean it, it means that donald trump is very much as we expected the overwhelming you know prohibitive favorite to be the republican nominee again and give us an election l- the likes of which we haven't seen since you know grover cleveland versus benjamin harrison uh with a former president going against an incumbent and we, we're almost certainly going to see that
0: 1892 great election right. uh and, we all you all know, remember it well <laughs> exactly right and I. I think you just touched on the enthusiasm gap again with with Nikki Haley. If I'm sitting in Iowa and it's one degree outside mm-hmm. and I know that my candidate is going to lose by 30 points, uh, yeah, I'm probably just going to stay at home and drink that hot toddy rather than uh, take the trip down the road and stand with a bunch of strangers trying to convince me to, to vote for someone else. And, you know, th- th- it's a bit of reading the writing that doesn't exist, but no less it is a mindset that probably existed in Iowa. And you know, when you look at the numbers in terms of turnout, probably did.
2: Again, on turnout, you know, this is this will be true in the Democratic primaries. There, there isn't a contest there. So the turnout will be lower. People aren't motivated or inspired. They know Biden's going to be the nominee. And yep. I think that's going to be true in a lot of states for Trump, too. It's sort of a foregone conclusion. But on we go to New Hampshire, then South Carolina, Nevada's coming up. And as you mentioned, Super Tuesday, March 5th, so many states across the country, including the motherlode, California. We anticipate that Donald Trump will be on all those ballots. It's certainly possible that the Supreme Court, you know, well, they're having oral arguments in February. I mean, could they rule by March? Potentially. And as you said, he's got a federal trial starting the day before Super Tuesday. So a lot of action on the legal front between now and then. But on the campaign front, I think we'll start to see Joe Biden come out a bit more. Donald Trump will crow about this uh, and let DeSantis and Haley squabble for second. And, you know, this is really in his interest because as much as, you know, he gets to say, look, I, I won by the most ever. I'm the best ever. I'm the biggest ever. But if Haley had finished second and pretty much knocked DeSantis out, that would coalesce all the anti-Trump vote around Haley, make it one-on-one. And he doesn't want that. He'd rather have DeSantis and Haley fight for a while. So this helps him too
0: kind of interesting when you saw his remarks tonight. I mean, it it wasn't quite as brash as we're used to. And he went on to say, I I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And Mm -hmm. he, he went on to say they both did very well. I mean, when's the last time you heard Donald Trump on a night declaring victory while also praising the people he's running against?
2: Yeah, he kind of took the high road and maybe he's already looking ahead to November. How he's going to bring everyone together. That's not the typical Trump that we see. And I would, I would wager we will see the other Trump a lot more in the weeks to come we'll have a lot more to talk about as the campaign goes on i'm KCBS political reporter doug sovereign along with my colleague chris and carlo thanks for being with us and chris on we go